Welcome to Webcology. Webcology is the show that takes you into the deepest and darkest ends of the ecosystem on the internet. Our guides will take you on a journey into web marketing and bring you the experts and the information so that you can further explore the web marketing world. Now, here are the hosts of Webcology, Jim Hedger and Dave Davies. Welcome to Webcology here on WebmasterRadio.fm. It's the 28th of June, 2018. First week of summer has ended. You only get eight of them. Maybe 12 of them. I, I'm not really counting. But I am telling you, get out there and enjoy them before it's too late. Dave Davies ain't here this week. He's on his way to uh, to Dallas, Texas. Actually, Richardson, Texas, to be more to uh, be more exact, to the Rocks Digital Conference, where he's going to be speaking with the likes of... Uh, 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 Kevin Dury and Michelle Simpson Ross, uh, 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 William Leake's going to be speaking. I'm pretty sure, um, and a whole cast of characters that rocks digital. So Dave, we with you. But sitting in Dave's seat this week is Terry Van Horn from International Website Builders. Uh, you, folks, you might know Terry from oh a whole slew of stuff like SEO pros, um, the SEO dojo, and maybe the last oh say 20 years of the SEO industry. Terry, wel- w- welcome here, man. Thanks, uh, thanks, Jim. Glad to be. You were about to say thanks, Dave, weren't you? Like that's just like um, David Harry, you're uh, 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 the, one of the other founders of the SEO Dojo. You were about to say thanks, Dave. Just like second nature, right? Yeah. When <laughs> when I'm doing this, I'm usually doing it with Dave. Yep. Um, you guys have been doing. You guys have been like uh, doing the dojo for and at a show around the dojo, a hangout or a podcast or something for what, like forever. Something like Almost that. seems like it sometimes, I'll tell you. Uh, we've been doing, while well, we opened the dojo in 2009, Dave originally founded it. Then just before he opened it up, we uh, decided to work together, and we've been working together ever since. Probably work till they take me out of here in a box. <laughs> um, I, think the, I think it's the fate of a lot of us in the industry, but, uh, you know. At least it's a fun job still. Yep. Okay, a lot of a uh, lot of neat stuff happened in the world. You got some neat stuff going on, but I, uh, why don't we why don't we wait until the second segment before expanding on some of the neat stuff you got going on? Um, it, you got the beginning. It's same thing at the beginning of the of many of the dojo shows. We just you know talk around the news of the uh, the industry, and uh, this is one that caught my eye this week. Um, Google has uh, claims that in uh, 2017, this is like post-Penguin, they've managed to reduce spam links by half, and that less than 1% of traffic that you know, goes across Google's search engine now ends up on spammy pages. There's no effort to quantify this statement or anything, but they just came out and said it. Well, what do you think? Uh, it makes sense to me. Yeah. Uh- yeah, when Dave and I were doing a lot of forensic work, i.e. cleaning up Penguin and Panda, uh, one thing I noticed when I was doing a Penguin cleanup, usually thirty, at least 30% of the sites were closed down. And these were sites that you could tell in the past people, they were parts of networks. So what... Uh, that were probably ranking. So that explains it for me. I'm not surprised at all. And I just think now anybody who thinks they're smarter than these algos and they can spam, I think we finally figured it out that you can. Okay. So they've been, um, the pages you're talking about, these are the pages that were part of link networks. And I guess at one time or another, such a page, To keep to keep up and, and and maintain. And when I say economically viable, I mean it's paying its hosting fees. Um, but if you have like four hundred of these pages, you might actually be seeing a small income from them, right? Right. This is a lot in, of in the bad in the bad old days. Yeah, they were kind of like guest posting sites, you know. Uh, okay. So again, any one of them, you, you, nobody's making any money off them. But when you start doing it in bulk, which which people were doing, like you know, they they'd have like. Hundred or so link farm sites of their own, and they'd be charging people to get onto them. 
then they're making some money, and when there's when there's money to be made, there's skullduggery afoot, and that's what Google got all pissed about, right? Yep. Well, and they've also remember, like machine learning is uh, it's changed the game, Jim. Like mm-hmm. uh, for me, uh, anybody who thinks they're smarter than them, you're not trying to just outguess uh, engineers now. You're talking hardware and people who can crunch a lot of data. Uh, pandas and penguin are based on those that kind of machine learning, and sites now have quality scores. Uh, it's pretty hard to get spam by them. So, okay, and so and so this is this is how um, the second half of their statement: less than one percent of traffic that goes across the Google search engine uh, will end up on a spamming page. That makes sense to me. Uh, okay. I, yeah, yeah. Well, I just haven't. Like, I used to see spam all the time. I don't see it that often. Well, an example of what we used to call spam is uh, something like keyword stuffing. You know, where we you would just put like every possible example of a keyword three or four times, and and somehow work it into uh, a sentence or a paragraph or the the page content and that used to like be just wildly annoying because it's just crap content on uh, on a page right right but uh now that they're using co-occurrences across the top 10 ranking pages uh just repeating the keyword over and over on the page doesn't really help you rank that well it's having all those other words as well the co-occurring uh you know, we've worked together on some stuff. We both know how that works. Oh, certainly. Certainly, although uh, something, another thing I found interesting this week was uh, John Mueller coming out and saying keyword stuffing, not cool, but not because we're going to well, penalize you for it, but because it creates really crappy content. And if you're going to lose any ranking, it's not really because of the keyword stuffing. It's because the keyword stuffing contributed to crap-ass content. And a poor quality score. Indeed, um, indeed. You know, like, I think one of the concepts that has been slow for SEOs to grasp is that, you know, it your site isn't graded by just one page. Now, you, there's a quality score for the whole site as well. And that makes all that stuff harder to do. Because you can't really hide the content from the uh, public anymore, like it used to be able to. No, indeed, and 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 uh, you can't hide um, uh, 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 bad behavior, um, keyword stuffing, or uh, 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 crappy internal link structures uh, in in mountains of content anymore. As you said, uh, Google isn't looking at this with just human eyes any longer. There's now actually machines combing pages and comparing stuff over and over and over and over again. Um, but with announcements like this, like, do you think it could lead to experiments, say, with, um, I don't know, a lot looser paragraph structure and content writing? Well, <clears throat> if that's how someone writes, that could happen, and it would probably work. For me, it seems that now... The more natural something looks, the better off you are. As you know, in the past, when it was phrase matching on the page that mattered, a lot of an SEO's job was going back and undoing some of the good writing that was done just so (laughs) they could get their phrase matches. Actually, now leaving that copy as it was is probably the best way to go. Actually, I think that's really funny, actually, because you're absolutely right. Um, people would tear apart really well-written content just to get their keyword phrases in there. Right. Um, and I'm, I'm, as guilt, I'm guilty of that myself. We all are. Um, yes, yeah, so, so that's a fun observation. Um, and I'm inclined to agree. If, uh, if you are trying to rank for a whole bunch of different phrases, remember that um, mysterious other piece of, of, of machine learning, actually... Uh, artificial intelligence called rank brain 
the one that spent its development years um, just churning over weird keyword phrases that hadn't been entered before, or that the, you know Google hadn't like encountered and and come up with uh, pre-made result sets for. Um, right, yeah, yeah, right. Oh, excuse me. Oh, no worries, man. I'm just, I'm just, I'm, I'm, I'm positing that Rank Brain has evolved and is now able to um, figure out all those keywords and all those different phrases you were going to stuff into that damn paragraph. Rank Brain's ahead of you. It's already got, it already knows what you mean, and it knows what you mean in several different languages and several different idioms of that language. Right. It's also uh, Hummingbird plays a big part in that as well because oh, it's. Uh, it's more about entities now, right, than mm -hmm. it is phrases. So the whole game is changing and going to continue to evolve in that way as machine learning and structured data and a number of other things are all making everything so much more understandable by uh, search engines. Incidentally, um, uh, listeners, there there's a third, um, a third uh, a veteran SEO talking about entities. Dave Davies every week hammering on the concept of entities. Um, well, of so you know, for so, me, so that's you, what it's all about. Um, it's a changed game. It's gone from strings to things. Strings to things, eh? Yes. So, what's a real world example of that? disambiguation using entities they were they're able to now disambiguate phrases that were you know classic problems for uh, information extraction for instance jaguar is a team a car uh, an animal uh, an operating system google now can pick and figure out which entity a page is talking about because now it's looking for uh, themes. So in other words, because of the co-occurring words on the page, they can tell if they are meaning the, which one it is. And you'll also know that it's gone to that extent because, and we've talked about this extensively in other places, uh, there's now a box right on there that says, you know, this is the other entity and gives you a link to the Wikipedia. Uh, so that shows you how far they've gone with the entities. Uh, it's huge. And it's allowing them to do th things that were thought were going to be problems forever. And oh, well, indeed. Now indeed. Fixed. Um well, they're, they're, they're coming really close to fixing the holiest of holy grails, which is, um, well, nothing's 100% accurate, but we'll say 99.999% accurate personalization of search. The holiest of holy grails in search, right? They're, coming, they're that, getting very good. Well, also think about it. With machine learning, they can start to do sentiment analysis. That gives me the sads. <laughs> Actually, that, that excites me quite a bit, but it terrifies me at the same time. Eh? Well, it means uh, they'll be able to tell good uh, reviews from bad ones, and it won't be on. It'll be more about you know the the way they're written rather than a whole bunch of other factors that they probably shouldn't be using. You mean like the fact that Google knows that where you are every day of the week and they know for a fact that you were not in that business center at the time you gave the lousy review? You mean, you mean yep. like that? Well, you know, if you have a cell phone, <laughs> I don't even own one for that reason. Uh, call me paranoid, but they don't track me. So you can give bad reviews about anybody you want anytime, really? Well... <laughs> no, I, I'm joking. Any, well, here's the thing. I guess because they can't track me, I can't find my reviews that I've made anywhere. Well, indeed, but luckily, luckily, um, you've been around long enough to have an internal GPS system that still functions, so you can find yourself where, whenever you need to, right? Oh yeah. 
Okay. <laughs> That's the thing that drives me craziest about about people's use of phones and then the people who have who have mobile devices all the time. They lose all the old um I don't know, just innate talents that people use to keep themselves from walking into the middle of a highway. Um, okay, we got time for one more quick thing before we got to take a, take a break. Um, and I this has got to get noted. Um, Bill Slosky's uh, write up, and this is from actually from uh, just over a week ago, from the from the twenty second, so last Friday. Um, five years of Google ranking signals because it's just such an it's on SEO by the Sea uh, again, published last uh, last Friday, the twenty second of uh, of June, and. The, I mean, Bill. Bill's just got one of those logical minds that you you just so appreciate. The, the way this yes. is laid out is so easy. Yes, uh, in uh, that's interesting because that was one of the things uh, I was actually in a hangout with him on Friday, mm-hmm. and uh, that was one of the things that we talked about. And uh, I told him I hope he didn't do it how other people had. I haven't took a real close look, but I'm betting he hasn't even listed 200 signals. He has not listed 200 signals. He's shy by about 155 of them. He's got 45 signals here. And remember, these are just the ones that that, uh, have come up in the last five years. So, um, But it's not just that. It's more about... uh, Well... I think he thinks a lot of them are so uh, they don't move the needle enough to bother with. So they have a minuscule effect, but I mean a measurable effect, but that, that, that measurement would be minuscule. Right. So like a lot of things that are from the very lo- like I've been thinking about this for a very long time, uh, how uh, the weight of certain factors, right, mm-hmm. has diminished with time because every time they add another signal, that makes another signal weaker. Certainly, certainly. Right. So if you look at it, that's part of the reason, in, in my opinion, that links don't push rank as much as they used to. They still push rank, but they don't push it like they used to. And that's part of the reason it's a smaller part of the algorithm. Well, indeed, we, we, we're living in a world where, um, well, the, the web itself is changing rapidly with uh, the rise of mobile and the rise of uh, in-home voice-activated devices. Um, how people approach and, and use information is uh, completely yeah. changing and following links. I mean, you have, do you web surf much anymore just for kicks? Remember the days where you just follow links? Just, just to see I... where it would take you? When I started, yeah. Now uh, I'm totally task oriented. I don't. Uh, well, yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah. A lot of people, a lot of people in the industry, once once the workday is done, they're off the web. I mean, that's it. I'm done. I'm, I'm that's it watch for TV me. Or go play baseball or something. Yeah, uh, I might go and read some sports after, or mm-hmm. look at some news. Uh, in the new update of uh, Windows, I've now got a feed. Uh, that's quite useful because it's all local newspapers. So I uh, found it quite uh, quite useful. For people who live in countries other than Canada, local newspapers used to be like broadsheet. I swear to God, they printed this stuff on paper and they would distribute them every day to people's houses. It, it really yes. happened, I swear. <laughs> yeah. See, we, 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 Terry and I both live in Toronto, Ontario, and, we, and, and often we forget that um, our, our market is served by five daily newspapers. We often forget that uh, uh, other markets are, are served by none anymore. It's, it's, it's really mind-blowing. And we got to do it. Okay, we've gone over time. We've got to take a break. Um, uh, Terry, I'm so sorry because this is the fun part of the conversation. It always happens at the fun part. But we got to take a break here on Webcology. Uh, friends, you were listening to Webcology on webmasterradio.fm. It's the 28th of June, 2018. On behalf of Terry Van Horn from uh, from SEO Dojo and uh, International Site Builders, this is Jim Hedge from Digital Always Media. Back after these messages. 
Sit tight and don't move. Webcology. We'll be back after this short break. Ready to do a podcast for your business? Make that podcast elevate to enterprise level. Let WebmasterRadio.fm expedite and execute your podcast to build your brand and broaden your customer base. WebmasterRadio.fm has worked with the world's biggest tech brands, Google, Yahoo, and Bing, and have worked with fast-growing brands like ShipStation and GoDaddy. Now it's your turn. Contact brasco at wmr.fm and rush your enterprise-level podcast into production at a very reasonable rate. Email brasco at wmr.fm. Are you looking for the best in WordPress speed, security, and scalability? WP Engine is a digital experience platform for WordPress, powering digital experiences for large brands around the world. With easy-to-use site management tools and powerful do-it-your-way development features, WP Engine gives you the flexibility to build it your way. Improve your SEO and conversion rates with a... A more refreshing kind of talk radio. WebmasterRadio.fm. We're everywhere. Off. Now back to Webcology, only on webmasterradio.fm. Here are the hosts, Jim Hedger and Dave Davies. Hey everyone, welcome back to Webcology on webmasterradio.fm. It's the 28th of June, 2018. This is Jim Hedger from Digital Always Media, and Dave Davies isn't here. He's in Richardson, Texas, which we believe to be somewhere near Dallas, but it could be near Austin or Houston for all we know. Actually, no, it's just somewhere near Dallas, uh, speaking at uh, the Rocks Digital Conference. We're joined by Terry Van Horn from International Site Builders and the SEO Dojo. Um, Terry, this, this, I saw that I, I, I got a couple more news stories that I want, I want to talk about because, like, you're a, you're a technical SEO and an SEO's SEO. So um, these are the kind of, con- uh, kind of questions I like, I like shooting at guys like you because. Um, there's always a engineer's but a meaty answer for it. And um, Roger Monty in Search Engine Journal today uh, published a piece that I, I again I'm really curious your uh, your thoughts on this. Um, HTML validation. Uh, Roger's piece is six reasons Google says uh, valid HTML matters. How how important is uh, HTML validation to you? On a scale of 1 to 10, minus sure. 1. Okay, why? Because Matt Cutts told me and David that they don't care about S- about HTML validation. If they did, half the sites on the internet would not be in the index. Have a look and try and validate almost any WordPress site. Can't be done. Well, I mean, WordPress sites... <laughs> WordPress sites have gotten so crazy with the with the rush to uh, to minify everything, with the rush to, to minimize stuff. Um, the crazy JavaScripts are putting like div tags, image tags up in the head section because they they need to get pre get stuff preloading. I like, guess crazy. I, I I um I'm an old fogey. I do content, and I came across um, somebody writing about that a couple months ago, and I've been following ever since. And um, wow. Yeah, so, okay. A lot of yeah. WordPress sites are not going to validate. Right. I do believe it helps, but only in that it reduces what's got to be uh, crawled. Uh, as you know, we've worked together, and I take all my pages that I'm trying to rank off of the blog and basically put them on uh, Bootstrap and and program with PHP uh, because I, I just think that those WordPress themes are, you know, half of the half of the CSS they write right into the page, like meaningless, uh, you know, bringing plugins in that aren't being used, all kinds of things and. People keep saying, well, there's other plugins to fix that. Well, you know, uh, I'm not a big proponent of having 
300 uh, plugins in in a website either. I well, no, I, I rem- try and keep it down to you know a minimum. Plugins, plugins always remind me of like pharmaceuticals for healthy people. Um, you know, like you got a sleeping pill to make you sleep and a uh, and a pep pill to get you up in the morning. And then when you take more pep pills, you need more sleeping pills. If you need more sleeping pills, you take more sleeping pills. You need more pep pills. And yeah, it seems like a uh, kind of a vicious circle, eh? Yep, for sure. And then you um, have all the conflicting plugins and all the other nonsense. Okay, but a, a argument for HTML validation isn't, in my mind, for the validation itself. It's for what the HTML validation can confirm for you. Um, that you have an efficient site structure. Um, you're browser compatible. Um, uh, 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 you don't have any crap in the head section. Um, right. You know? Here's the thing, though, right? When I first started doing HTML, uh, you know, be, I think it was HTML2, mm-hmm. version 2, uh, you had to validate because if you had any of the smallest mistakes, uh, your page would be want. However, now browsers are so smart, they fix a lot of it. So it doesn't really matter as much as it used to as far as how stable your work would be. Like, I did an experiment a long time ago where a page shouldn't render if you remove the beginning and ending HTML tags. Well, do it. It works in every browser. And that's because the browser is smart enough to know that the tag is supposed to be there. It recognizes the rest of the code, so it knows what it is. Right. Correct? Right. Right. Um, I think it's interesting when Dave and I, because this was an issue quite a few years ago, so we, you know, back then, Matt, we could kind of, because of the number of people, that we were kind of teaching and whatnot, and we David helped him with some spam stuff a few times, and he he told us right out, why would we do that? That's just eliminating sites for no good reason. The information on them is still valuable. Okay, so this is one of those weird circular questions that um, could almost answer itself, but. Say you got a site that's performing well, and uh, there's not really a lot of work to do on it. Um, you want it to perform better, of course. You don't have a lot else to do. Would you, you know, work on validation? Maybe is it would then then might it be a priority for you? No. Well, yeah, you can see the the circular part is if you got a great site that's already performing, why screw with it, right? Right. <laughs> that's the main thing. If it ain't broken, don't fix it. Yeah. Um, okay, speaking of, okay, almost, almost, almost gave me enough material to make a good segue here, but I'm gonna, I'm gonna do it anyway. If it ain't broke, don't fix it. Um, in your, uh, time around the SEO Dojo, um, which has been, again, you said it was, you, you guys opened it in, uh, 2009, so like nine, ten years ago, right? Yep. You guys have had, I don't know. I think it's safe to say thousands of people go through the dojo in, in that time, right? Mm. Hundreds? Possible. Well, we have thousands of followers uh, on our social platforms. In the actual dojo, SEOs don't pay for anything, Jim, and we don't give it away. <laughs> it's okay. just like that. So uh, is there a lot of people who participate? Yeah. And half the people that are participating you know they're they're members of the i call them friends of the dojo because they aren't really members they just going through there and uh, help us out yeah like I, I, I kind of blushing over here I'm, I'm, I'm probably a friend of the dojo more than a member right um, yeah right yeah, sorry so, sorry gentlemen uh, we all wear the same shoes <laughs> um i was gonna say though in that time you guys have created um, innumerable. Well, I say innumerable, but I bet you you know the number. Um, 
pieces of media, be it be it um, audio uh, audio tapes, podcasts of the sort, or um, Google Hangouts. Yep, and we have on the new SEO Dojo Radio site. We have two hundred and forty-four podcasts. Mm-hmm. Uh, we've had three or four different shows, and uh, but if you go to our uh, video channel on YouTube, uh, there's probably oh, there's that many hangouts again plus. Uh, the mini features that Dave did, and there's a bunch of those that are not on the uh, radio channel. Uh, See, so this, yeah, we've done quite a bit. This is the question. The, the, the question I, I meant to be leading up to. Um, you guys have created so much media. Um, it's it's a staggering amount of, of of work you guys have put in. I mean, there's uh, there's a few there's a few. Uh, uh, individuals or teams in the SEO world who who put in as much, uh, who put in a comparable amount. Danny Sullivan, uh, 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 Rusty Brick, um, uh, uh, Barry Schwartz. Um, I dare say Dave and I, um, Lauren Baker. You know, yeah. But uh, 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 you and David Harry and Bill Slosky and uh, Ammon Johns and the, uh, the the cast <laughs> cast and crew of the Dojo have created. So much media, but it's not all in one place. You know, it's hard to get it all in one. Why haven't you guys done that? Like, consolidated it? Uh, that's what we're kind of doing on this site. Uh, on the new site, which is seodojoradio.com, uh, we're, we put all the podcasts on there, and now I'm going to start uh, gathering hangouts and other podcasts that I find interesting and adding them to the site as well. Uh, you mean you mean third party podcasts? Um, yeah, say yeah. Um, uh, uh, maybe John Carecut or, uh, or Ross Dunn over at uh, SEO One Hundred One. Right. Well, there's a number of them. Uh, there's Ammon and uh, Bill have Ammon and Bill's bogus hangout, which mm-hmm. that, that was. That has all pretty well Friends of the Dojo in it, but it's not <laughs> actually a Dojo production. It's Ammon and Bill, but uh, you'll probably see me taking segments from that show for sure. A, right because on. I'm on it, and uh, it's easy for me to kind of keep track about what was spoken, you know, what the topics were. That's a little more broad in that. It isn't always about SEO. It could be whatever we're all thinking about that day. Well, I mean, that's one of the funny things about the industry itself. SEO isn't really about SEO so much anymore either. It's about like a whole host of tasks that have to be done to improve the quality or clarity of a website. Yeah, but we could be talking about anything from politics to uh, uh, what we're watching on TV, anything. It's pretty varied. Okay, well, geez, call me up for one of them political conversations. Although I'm, I'm a little too immersed. I'm way too immersed as it is these days. Um, actually, best sticking to SEO. Most definitely. Yeah, it's, it's pretty well off the cuff. Like, uh, well, you know me. I'm not big on the preparation. We kind of put a little bit together and then do the show. You know, uh, I prefer it like that. I don't like scripted shows. Uh, especially even interviews. I go in with two or three questions and don't need any more than that because in an hour show, uh, usually the guests we have, that's that's more than enough questions. Well, I was going to say, you're sitting there with Bill Slosky. I mean, you ask Bill a question and uh, you can go make a sandwich while he answers, right? Because he's just so much detail he's packing in. Yes, and that's why we have him on pretty well as many podcasts as he'll do with us because he handles the patent part, right? Uh, mm-hmm. He's like my cold notes for uh, SEO. Well, he, he, he's, he's also like the great guitar soloist that the lead singer tries to recruit for the band so he can go grab, you know, go grab a drink of water like off stage while, uh, <laughs> while, the, while the lead guitarist takes over for a bit. Yeah. Um, 
Bill, uh, again, another another person whose contributions to the SEO industry are Im- almost immeasurable, uh, Slosky and um, the decoding of patents. Um, yeah, for sure. Okay, moving up. What would um uh uh uh, uh how, how to say this? Of all the media you guys have created over the years, and this is I mean this is, this is a weird hard question, but um the industry and 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 the practice have gone through like tons of evolution, especially in in, in especially in the in, in the recent dec in the recent years, like the last decade. What's the most impactful broadcast you guys have ever done? Ooh. Um, it would probably be either content-related or uh, forensic-related, as mm-hmm. in Penguin Panda. Uh, and we've done a few really good local, uh, local SEO uh, mm-hmm. Panels uh, usually uh, Darren Shaw is on them. Right and, on, uh, Mr. Mims. Yeah, Shaw David Mims. Mm-hmm. And uh, oh, it starts with a B, and I can't remember his name. Mm. Um, Starts with a B. Can't think of it offhand. It'll come to me. Hey, <laughs> when that happens, oh my god! Okay, so um, what's most confusing for webmasters? I mean, you're holding these panels. You got people asking. You got people shooting questions at you guys. Um, what's been the hardest uh, area of the practice or of the industry for uh, for other webmasters to deal with? Oh, as far as ta- uh, getting information from them. Well, no, I mean, like, like you, you know, you guys, you guys taught, you said uh, uh, Panda and Penguin were impactful uh, broadcasts you did, uh, stuff on local were important. And that yeah. made, made me wonder, like, what was the one, what were the ones that um, webmasters had the hardest time wrapping their heads around? Probably Panda and Penguin. And on the Panda, we really locked out in that uh, one of the members of the dojo, was also an SEO at, uh, oh, gee, my memory is fading. That's what happens when you're 64 years old. Uh, <laughs> now you know why I'm retired. Uh, e. Howe, he was uh, a, a SEO at E. Howe, and oh, yes. he shared a lot of details with us, and that went into a podcast as well which I am going to identify at some point. I'm still going through them, looking for it. Okay. Okay. On that, we just uh, got another note from studio that says, time, gentlemen, we have to take a break. Um, There you go. It's uh, the 28th of June, 2018. You're listening to Webcology on webmasterradio.fm. On behalf of uh, Terry Van Horn from International Site Builders, this is Jim Hedger from Digital Always Media. Stick around. We're back after these messages. Sit tight and don't move. Webcology. We'll be back after this short break. Looking for a better way to get more traffic and interaction to your Facebook page? Imagine Facebook interactivity on your page like you've never seen. Introducing your new Facebook marketing fix, So Social, the new and revolutionary way to easily manage and automate your Facebook contests and sweepstakes. Create a fun, easy-to-win contest by writing a simple Facebook post. Watch your post go more viral and generate loads of interaction. Track your traffic and generate email lists with ease. So Social is mobile-friendly and complies with Facebook terms of service. Let So Social give your Facebook page some flash today. Zoom over to zosocial.com. There are over 70 million active podcast listeners in the U.S. WebmasterRadio.fm reaches them all with the largest global distribution of any online business-to-business podcast network through iHeartRadio. 
iTunes, Stitcher, and the WebmasterRadio.fm mobile app, we can target and place your message in front of those active listeners immediately. Now, your message can be delivered with less commitment and investment on over 20 hours of weekly original content hosted by the most respected names in digital marketing. Thanks to an exclusive private offer available for a very limited number of companies. But you must act fast. Email brasco at wmr.fm and get your message delivered now. Radio's virtual autobahn. Webmasterradio.fm. Moving at the speed of light. Webmasterradio.fm. We're everywhere. Commercials off. Now back to Webcology, only on WebmasterRadio.fm. Here are the hosts, Jim Hedger and Dave Davies. Hey, everyone. Welcome back to Webcology and WebmasterRadio.fm. It's the 28th of June, 2018. We're rounding out the hour here with uh, Jim Hedger from Digital Always Media and Terry Van Horn from International Site Builders. Uh, Dave Davies is speaking at a conference this week. He is in Richardson, Texas at the uh, Rocks Digital Conference. Um, Terry, a few moments ago, you mentioned um, a couple of the podcasts that you were you know, really proud of, you thought were really impactful, involved Panda and Penguin. Um, Panda was, uh, how to say it, these were both very long series of updates to... Um, the way Google looked at uh, on-page content or um, the, 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 the efficacy and, and uh, value of links coming into a page, and they were elongated processes. I mean, Panda took, what, a year and a half, and Penguin took who the hell knows how long to, to work through, um, over two years to work through. Do you think we're ever going to see situations like that again with Google? Um, possibly. When they uh, make more another major change, those were, you know, that was basically the first time that we saw something that was based upon machine learning, right? Mm-hmm. Which I think that's what started scaring a few people was that it was machine learning, and they realized how what they could do with that. What that out of complete naive curiosity? Why would that frighten people? I mean, beyond the Terminator, like oh, machines coming to get us stuff. Well, it's just the amount of data that Google has. You know, mm-hmm. between you know, they know how long you're on pages and stuff like that. They're all of that. They can take all that data and now they can crunch it with machine learning and uh, figure out a whole bunch of things like uh, what, for instance, I think what a lot of people uh, didn't really realize during Panda, because Panda was a series of updates, actually, mm-hmm. and yeah, one yeah. of them was uh, called Ads Above the Fold. Right or some That's ridiculous right. thing like that, which was an attempt by one of the so-called SEO journalists to uh, draw some traffic for his site. That's the way I put it, because uh, quite frankly, it was not really fully informational. You mean there really wasn't um, a problem with ads above the fold, or um, no? It had nothing it was... to do with ads above the fold. It was content above the fold, right? Okay. So, in other words, if you put a big picture at the top of a web page, that would do the same thing. And how I know that is if you go to Eric Eng's site, uh, Temple, a stone, stone Temple. Yep. If you go to his website, he did a interview with Googler who did the uh, machine learning on Panda. And he said that it was about content above the fold. It was not about ads. Yes, ads could affect it. And quite often when you looked at these sites, what do you see? Ads. 
Right. So well, everyone, well, indeed, indeed. What it's like throwing a stone in water. What's going to displace right. the content is going to be an ad problem. Right. And also, when you think about the design that we're currently in with all the big A pictures at the top of everything. Yeah. And you and I have had this conversation. No, we're not even fond of that, but that's 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 the aesthetic, right? Yep. That's the same thing. Well, here's the thing. No one has put it down to ranking yet because everybody is doing it. It only, you know, if you're not doing it, then you're getting an advantage and you're probably putting that value somewhere else. So you have to watch that, in my opinion, that you, you know, not always take the input from the community as the gospel. Keep looking. Be skeptical. That's my opinion on it. Okay, well, you know what? That is a great segue. Um, keep that, uh, be skeptical. Keep looking. Um, we only have um, about five minutes left, and if this gets into the weeds, all apologies. We'll try to drop back as quickly as possible. Um, an SEO service that uh, that 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 some loved to sell was uh, based on a really. Easy, uh, a hard to pronounce word that's actually easy to understand once you get the hang of it. Canonicalization. Um, there's uh, numerable ways to express a URL: HTTP, HTTPS, HTTP, www, HTTPS, www, etc. Um, there's numerous ways for Google to perceive a URL. It used to be that you had to tell Google specifically, it's this one over here, the third one to the left, that one, the one that we've marked in red, the one that we put um, rel equals canonical, all the freak all over. Uh, the links are pointing back to something saying rel equals canonical. It's because we meant that's the canonical. Now you don't got to do that apparently. John Mueller um, comes out in a hangout the other day and says, oh, don't worry about it. We got it figured out. Um, doesn't matter what you tell us is canonical. We know which one we think it is. What do you think about that, Ter? I think John answers questions in context. And if you're going to use that information, you better make sure that the question you're applying that answer to is exactly the same. If it's not, disregard it. John would even tell you that. Uh, John used to come on. Uh, the... Uh, bogus hangout occasionally and uh, I applauded him for just taking that kind of you know basically people saying he's wrong all the time and all this and they just don't understand he's answering a question based upon a context and when you take the, the question out of the context it's different so uh, yeah, I, but, okay. as he said um, word for word when we see a link from one page to another page, we try to assign that link between the canonical versions of those pages. So that means kind of like, is do, do we have a canonical page for that loop page that they're linking to or not? If we don't have a canonical page, then we kind of drop that link because we don't know for sure where it actually goes. But we see that there is a canonical version, which we can use, then we'll treat that, we'll treat that as a link to that canonical version of the page. Now, that's kind of um, circular speaking, don't you think? Yeah, but that's kind of like typical, isn't it? <laughs> so what yeah. I read from there is Google can actually treat the, uh, whatever page you're linking to, that's the dominant page at that moment. I got a feeling that Google sees all, all versions as the canonical version. Probably. Because they do keep track of all the changes to pages, so I mean, I, when you get when you get down to it, I think that's the only thing this can. Yeah, uh, I personally, WordPress puts it in, but I don't use. I use canonicalization at the server level. Beyond that, I don't think I really need it, unless I've done a. a I want to use next and previous. I don't think yeah. you have to have a canonical on every page. And I think that's what may have been what John was talking about. They can figure all that stuff out. Okay, now, but all of that said, 
All that said, and Tara, I'm, I'm hoping you're going to agree with me on this. Webmasters, kids out there, consistency counts. If you're using a UR, one URL structure, um, and in, in if you're, I'm sorry, if you're, if you're phrasing your URLs and your link structure a certain way, don't start mixing it up just because you can. I mean, seriously, don't. Consistency counts. Yeah, and usually canonicalization is often just a fix for duplicate content. Now, that's what its role is supposed to be. Originally, yeah, but um, now, now Google can tell where the content originated from, so that's almost a... Um, duplicate content is going to do you no good anymore because Google knows where, knows where the original came from. So it's almost a non-issue, eh? except that it's annoying as hell when you see somebody else making money off your content. Yeah, I would agree. Um, and there are ways to go after them. We, can, we should do a whole shows on ways to go after them, but often that, that's worth more money than you'll ever see from that content. So, you know, screw it. Yeah. Um, we got time for, for a couple last words. Um, any words of wisdom you want to impart, Jared? Uh, I, think, I think we've actually spread a lot of words uh, through this show, but is there anything you want, you want to tell people moving forward into uh, 2018? Oh, it's time we had standards. <laughs> okay, uh, we can do we can, we can and have done several shows on that too. Yeah, <laughs> I, I just think that it's you know we're an industry that's basically twenty years old, and you know there's no kind of standard whatsoever, and a lot of it is very easy to put to have a standard because you're working with internet protocols. A lot of the technical stuff for sure, could be put into a standards for an SEO. Uh, you know, the, and that allows people to easily differentiate from those who know and those who think they know. Okay. Um, and I, we're going to have to leave it on that. I want to get your URL in one more time. Um, SEO Dojo Radio. Um, dot com. Dot com. Go there. Check stuff out. Check out some broadcasts. Get some wisdom. Check out all the Webmaster Radio broadcasts, too, of course. And friends, you can hear that music in the background, so we've come full hour. On behalf of Terry Van Horn from uh, International Site Builders and uh, SEO Do SEOdojoradio.com, Jim Hedger from Digital Always Media, you've been listening to Webcology on webmasterradio.fm. It's the 28th of June, 2018. Stick around the network, friends. There's great information coming up after the news. And uh, Dave Davies and I will be back next week, same time. Be well. The opinions expressed on this program are those of the guests and hosts and do not necessarily reflect those of WebmasterRadio.fm's management or sponsors. Any rebroadcast or redistribution without authorized consent of WebmasterRadio.fm is prohibited.